Good morning, everyone. May the peace of Christ rest upon you this morning. For those of you who are wondering, who is she? My name is Hillary Tolson, and I am a member of this congregation, but I also entered in September on this journey as a Luther Seminary student. And as the second semester comes to a close for this year, I'm trying to fit in that one more sermon before Pastor Paul has to evaluate me and my learning goals. So I would like to thank the congregation again for being my guinea pigs. I have learned many things this semester about preaching, and I hope you've learned right along with me. I will say, as Pastor Paul said at the beginning, April snow showers do bring May flowers, and spring has finally sprung. Or maybe we just headed straight to summer because it's really hot. It was really hot yesterday. Um, with the start of May, we are starting a new series called Unlikely Heroes. Everyone has heroes in their lives. And I would like to, you to think about when you were a child, who were your heroes? And I'd like you to open up your message notes and maybe write a few of them down. And if you're willing, don't worry, I'm used to 10-year-olds shouting at me, shout a couple out at me. Who were your heroes when you were a child? Or a younger child than you are now? Martin Luther, oh, that, that's a unique one for a child, yes. <laughs> Bennett, who's your, who's your hero right now? Teachers. How about Superman? Anybody? Su Superman hero? Hero? Oh, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, some, some people may say uh, paramedics, EMT, firefighters. Okay. When I was younger, I wasn't into superheroes, but I thought of heroes like that. Firefighters, policemen, and paramedics. And then, of course, there were my idols, who were also heroes, of Karen Bai, who's a native of River Falls, but also an Olympic gold medalist in women's hockey. And then there's Marilyn Maru, Marin Maru, who in 1992 became the first woman to play in the NHL. I know it goes back to those hockey roots all the time. Uh, I also know that people out there have heroes like me, including NFL football players, singers, actors, actresses, and let me not forget the confirmation favorite ones, YouTube stars. I will have to admit, I still don't understand YouTube celebrities. But celebrities or famous people are not the only people who can be heroes. There are many people that also include those fighter fighters, police, and paramedics that are heroes too. Now I'd like you to think about who are your heroes now? At this moment in your life, who are your heroes? Again, you can write them down in your message notes and a few people can shout them out. I'm sure Martin Luther is one of them again. Uh, anybody else? <laughs> a mentor, yep. Hey guys, you're not as good as my 10 year olds, I promise you, they're really loud. There's 24 of them. They can shout about 50 things at one time, it seems like. Anybody else a hero right now? Yeah. Dads, yep, and moms, yeah. Grandparents, yes. Say that one. Relatives, perfect, yes. 
For some of us, our heroes haven't changed, and for many of us, they have. You may look up to that person who has the same career as yours, or someone who does a lot of humanitarian work, or maybe it's that person who mentors a child at Greenfield, or maybe it's one of your relatives that seems to put the family before themselves. Firefighters, police, paramedics, doctors, nurses, teachers, school employees, pastors, and church workers. All are heroes, some more unlikely than others. But what is that unlikely hero? Are there unlikely heroes in the Bible? Can we learn from unlikely heroes in the Bible about what it takes to be an unlikely hero? I think we can. And today we're going to explore one of these people and try to figure out exactly what does this unlikely hero have to make them that unlikely hero. We're going to turn to our first reading from today, Judges chapter 6. And we're going to begin at verse 1. So in your pew Bible, or if you have your Bible app, or if you brought your hard copy version with you, if you can turn to Judges chapter 6, verse 1. It can be found on 194 in the pew Bible. As you find your way there, I'm going to give you some background on the book of Judges. Judges, of course, is found in the Old Testament. The Israelites have been brought out of Egypt. They have made it through 40 years of wandering, and they've conquered the Promised Land. All during this time, God has been very present in their lives. He's either been a cloud walking ahead of them or fire. We are now entering a time in the book of Judges where God isn't as outright present in the daily lives of the Israelites. He isn't the cloud and he isn't the fire, but God is still there, just not so outright. Throughout the book of Judges, the Israelites are going through the same cycle time and time again. The cycle starts with the Israelites serving the Lord. Next, the Israelites fall into sin and start worshiping those gods God tells them not to. And then some group, of people, some group of people enslave the Israelites or take over the land again. After a while of being enslaved, this could be years, Israelite cries out to help to God. And of course, God comes, raises up a leader or a judge to help the Israelites. Israel is delivered out of the hands of the people who have enslaved them. Then back to the start. Serving the Lord, starting to serve other gods, enslaved, cried out for help for God, God raises up a judge, and Israel is delivered again back, and back to serving the Lord. And this happens time and time again. So here we are in Judges 6, verse 1, on page 194 in the Pew Bible. The Israelites did what was evil in sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. The hand of Midian prevailed over Israelites. The Israelites are in this cycle. They are enslaved by the Midianites for seven years. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 6. Thus Israel was greatly impoverished because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Here is our cry for help. Next step, of course, is to raise up a judge or a leader to help the Israelites out of their enslavement. Skipping down to verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, as his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now I'd like to change the word warrior to the word hero. The Lord is with you, mighty hero. 
Here is an angel of the Lord telling Gideon that the Lord is with him and that he's a mighty hero or warrior. Wait a second. This doesn't make any sense. Is Gideon a mighty hero? Before the angel appeared to him, Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press so that the Midianites will not see it. Gideon is a wheat farmer. He's this normal guy working hard to try to get more food for the people around him because they're enslaved right now. Do you think he felt like a mighty hero working inside a wine press in, in secret? In verse 13, Gideon questions the angel. But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then is all this happening to us? Verse 14 states, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. But then we get the response from Gideon in verse 15. He responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manesh, and I am the least in my family. Gideon feels like he is, the weak, he is part of the weakest clan, and he is the smallest in his family. I don't think that shows that Gideon felt like a mighty warrior or hero. He is small and weak. It sounds like the Israelites will believe Gideon is a mighty hero, right? When he can't even confidently say himself that he is? What did Gideon have to be a hero? Well, verse 16 answers this. The Lord said to him, but I will be with you. The Lord said, but I will be with you. Gideon didn't need super strength, x-ray vision, bulletproof body armor, or even a cape. God was with Gideon. Gideon was weak, and God was strong. Gideon was small, and God was big. Gideon was weak and small, and God was strong and big. Through God's strength and God being through Gideon, Gideon was able to lead the Israelites to defeat the Midianites, and Israel came out of enslavement and again began to worship the Lord. Gideon was an unlikely hero, but not because of his own strength, but because of God's strength and greatness. This shows us that we also don't need those superhero capes. We don't need to be strong or big because our God is big and strong for us. God doesn't want us to be a mighty hero. God shines through our weaknesses. We can't do this thing called life by ourselves. So when our Midianites or problems are put in front of us, we've got to take off our capes and let, God, let us call out to God and let us use God's strength and ability to be big to defeat our problems. God is bigger and stronger than anything that's in our way. God is bigger than that stack of bills sitting on your table. God is bigger and stronger than any addiction or chronic illness. God is bigger than any pain that we have. God is bigger and stronger than anything that happened in the past. God is bigger and stronger than the worries you have over school or work. Go with God's strength in your weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 11, from the New Living Translation, Paul is stating this. The Lord said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I, Paul, am glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God shines through our weaknesses. Our God is a strong and big God. He makes us unlikely heroes. Remembering that God is strong and big is important. We also don't need our superhero capes, but we have God who is within us, beside us, behind us, and ahead of us. But we also need to remember to call on God in the beginning of our situations, our trials, or our tribulations. We as humans are good at putting on our superhero cape, working on, on our own strength to, fight, to try to fight through our problems. And when there seems to be no hope left in a situation, we cry out for help from God. We can learn from the Israelites today. Call on God at the beginning of a problem or a situation. Call on God before the stack of unpaid bills grows tall. Call on God before going to the doctor for your annual physical. Call on God before you start to study for that final exam of your high school career. Call on God's strength and greatness when our Midianites come to enslave us. Call on God before that problem attacks. Draw on God's strength and greatness. Call on God at the beginning so that there will always be hope in the situation. When you're going through a trial, let God take over from the beginning. Use his strength and greatness to defeat our Midianites, our problems, our situations, and our trials. We have a strong and big God. Go in his strength in your weakness. Let God shine through you, the unlikely hero. Let us pray. Strong and mighty God, thank you for being there for us through our everyday tasks and for our problems and situations. Let us draw on your mighty strength and greatness so that we don't have to be superheroes ourselves. Remind us this week to call on you at the beginning when hope is still there, not at the end when it feels like hope is lost. Through our weakness, your strength shines through. Thank you for showing us how to be unlikely heroes with examples like Gideon to follow. In your strong and big name, we pray. Amen. <laughs>